uh, again, happy week, happy uh, Sunday. And um, of course, I want to start off with, uh, um, I don't know even how to uh, express it, the terrible pain, the terrible suffering that uh, people are having in Turkey and Syria right now. And thanks a lot for all the beautiful emails and texts that I got uh, asking if my friends and family in Turkey are fine. And uh, they are. But uh, 33,000, and I think it's going to be way more, are dead. And uh, close to 100,000 that are still wounded or missing. It is a, a terrible tragedy. And I think that it's kind of interesting that last week we happened to be talking about uh, the core of the earth and how it's now standing still and it's about to be turning, uh, going towards the west. And if you probably read about uh, what's going on in that part of the world, uh, Turkey, we'll see it in a second. I'll show you some um, diagrams or some maps uh, that show the th different tectonic plates that are around and uh, inside of Turkey. And one, one of the reasons why it's one of the most, uh, uh, let's say, vulnerable places on the crest of the uh, planet or the uh, <clears throat> crust of the planet. But anyway, there's so many forces there. And just now in this, uh, from February 6th, Turkey seems to be moved southwest three meters or 10 feet. So uh, that's kind of an interesting thing that already Turkey is starting to move to the west. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a powerful situation right now just because, again, there is something happening. We just talked about it last week in the core of the earth and the, in the heart of the earth, you can say, shifting and changing. And of course, it manifests on the outside, not only with the earth shaking, but also ideas shaking, uh, thoughts th shaking, emotions shaking. So when uh, we always talk about Gaia or Mother Nature as being part of um, a, a conscious being, in a sense, and we humans might be the thoughts that this planet is uh, thinking, uh, definitely the thoughts of uh, Mother Nature right now are very, very difficult, very challenging. We talked about it for a while, that since 2018, Uranus, the planet of unpredictable, crazy, wild energy that talks about disruption and movement, has moved into Taurus, which is considered to be the only sign that some astrologers believe is ruled by Earth. So you know how every sign has its own planet. Earth is also a planet. So they say that Taurus is ruled by not only Venus, the traditional ruler, but also by Earth or by Mother Nature. Uh, that could mean one of the reasons why we're having more and more of these natural phenomena besides the climate change, of course, uh, which is man-made. I'm talking also in general about how Uranus moving once in 84 years into Taurus is causing a great deal of uh, movement. Um, but I want to start off actually talking about um, the next week, and then we can go deeper into uh, uh, looking at the chart of Turkey a little bit and trying to understand what's going on and if we can learn any kind of lessons from it. So, uh, first of all, uh, I also added uh, in the chat a, a link for Doctors Without Borders um, that I always use for these kind of catastrophes. It's uh, The link I gave you is directly towards the Syrian and um, Turkey disaster. So if you want to help, if you want to donate, uh, please do that. Please pass the, the link forward. I think the more we can uh, help these people get food, get shelters. I mean, we're talking about millions of people that are homeless right now. And we're talking about freezing temperatures uh, because it happens to be going on during February, during Aquarius, which is considered to be the fixed winter, um, fixed water sign, a fixed air sign. So it's a really kind of cold period over there. So any donation, any kind of help will really work well right now. So if we look at the week ahead, uh, see what's going on, and we are talking about February 12 is today. Uh, so today what we have is 
the moon in Scorpio, the moon that is fallen. Remember, we talked about it last week that uh, what we have today and tomorrow is not the easiest energy just because what we have is the moon squaring the sun. And the moon now is in Scorpio. Scorpio is all about privacy, keeping your uh, business to yourself. It's very much connected to uh, fixed water signs, very emotional, very sensitive, very sexual, associated with death and transformation. It's sitting on top of the south node, uh, which we'll see is a very pivotal thing for Turkey, for example, because Turkey as a country is a Scorpio. And the south node has been in uh, in in. Scorpio for the last year and for the next six months, and it always creates a lot of shakes and movement in uh, uh, whatever sign it is located. So right now the North Node is in Taurus, the South Node is in Scorpio. So anybody who's Scorpio-oriented is going through big transition, big changes. So the South Node is specifically today... Uh, on top of the moon, it is causing uh, people to be a little bit more sad, a little bit more down, especially with that square to the sun. So if you're feeling like you woke up on the left side of the uh, bed, it totally makes sense. It totally makes um, uh, astrological logic, you can say, because it is not an easy day today. It's kind of uh, down. Uh, I know that for some people it is the... Um, a special day today. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but uh, the square between the sun and the moon is definitely not comfortable emotionally. Um, it is also the moon on top of the south node is creating a little bit more emotionality. Uh, but we have a pretty interesting trine between uh, Venus and Neptune, the moon and Minerva that's going to be even stronger tomorrow. And we are coming tomorrow to this place, at the time I promised you, 13th to the 15th of February, when we have Venus and Neptune, one on top of each other. It happens about once a year, just now between 2012 to 2024 or 25. So as long as we have Neptune in Pisces, we can enjoy that. Neptune in Pisces is once in 165 years. So we have one year, two more years of having this blessed Venus on top of Neptune. And it happens to be falling around Valentine's Day. So that's very, very positive for us because it talks about, uh, anyway, a holiday that around the world is celebrated around love and around friendship. The fact that we have Venus and her higher octave Neptune sitting together in Pisces, which is where Venus is exalted and the ruler of uh, Neptune, it, that makes us connect much more to uh, creativity, photography, anything to do with images, imagination, meditation, yoga, dance, movement. The mystic in you is really opening up uh, and especially divine love or love that could be associated with uh, creativity or the way to worship the divine through creative outlets. That's really what's happening in the next few days. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, very strong days that connect to beauty, to love, to design, to colors, uh, to um, uh, the mystic. So intuition, gut feelings, dreams are going to be very, very powerful in the next few days, starting from Monday, tomorrow. Uh, but today, in general, we have the moon in Scorpio. Again, like I told you, a little bit more morbid, a little bit more brooding, and especially because it's also opposite to Uranus, which is a little bit of a feeling of unpredictability and not the easiest energy overall, especially with the moon opposite to Uranus. So today, I'm not saying just dismiss the day and go to sleep. It just means that it's not the easiest day. I know that for some people, they're looking forward to the Super Bowl. Um, even that, we'll talk about it in a second with some of the interesting commercials that are going to be happening there. But the idea is that uh, today is not the easiest. And this week in general, not that I'm trying to kind of uh, put a, a, an X on this uh, week, but the sun is going to come closer and closer to Saturn. That happens once a year. And it is especially pivotal this year because it's the last time the sun is going to be on top of Saturn during the month of Aquarius, which is what's been going on since 2020. So what's happening right now is we're having the last month of Saturn in Aquarius, and it brings up some kind of, um, you know, it's a closure. 
So if, if, a, if a show is really well written and really well done, whether it's musical, an opera, or, or a play, there is something now about putting all of the things together. You know how you sometimes watch the TV shows, TV series, the ninth, uh, the tenth uh, episode, if there's ten episodes, are the most important because everything comes together. Everything is supposed to kind of um, make sense, all the twists and changes. that was going on throughout the story. Same thing with the story of Saturn being in Aquarius. It started in 2020, right on March 2020, if you remember, right when the pandemic started. So in a way, I'm not going to say uh, COVID is done or any kind of declaration that some politicians are doing or some scientists are trying to do. I'm, not, I'm neither or. But I am an astrologer, so if we know that Saturn started the journey in March with the pandemic, When he lives on uh, March eight, there is a feeling that we're now going to face something new. So we know that every time Saturn moves into a different sign, we are dealing with some kind of karma. We're dealing with some ramification of actions that we have taken in the past. So it's cause and effect. That's what Saturn is all about. So we know that Saturn in Aquarius was all about us connecting to new ways of looking at technology, innovation. Even look at what's happening right now in the news. Just as Saturn is about to live away from Aquarius, we're talking at, about uh, the AI, the uh, chat rooms that are now opening up all over the uh, search engines. We're talking about um, ChatGTP. Chat we're talking about uh, OpenAI. All of these things of artificial intelligence is coming into the foreground. Uh, more articles about it because we're at the end of Saturn with Aquarius or Saturn being in Aquarius, which we talked time before. It was when the Internet was sending its first audio and video files when the WWW was coined. That's the first that's the last time Saturn was in Aquarius. This time Saturn in Aquarius. We talked about Zoom, we talked about working from home, online, hybrid um, uh, situation in the workspace. Everything changed around how we view people, how we talk to people, how much we shake hands, elbowing, fisting, whatever, all of those kind of things. That's all related to Aquarius and how we deal with whatever Saturn, the Lord Karma, gave us in Aquarius. Now, towards the end of Saturn in Aquarius, we're having issues with the cryptocurrencies. We're having issues with the um, artificial intelligence that's getting into our uh, search engines, uh, Google's uh, um, stocks are going down because their chat behaved, misbehaved, basically. So all of that is very much this Saturn in Aquarius. So Saturn is going to move away from Aquarius um, in March 8th, and then we're going to be facing something new that has to do with Pisces. Unfortunately, Pisces has to do with earthquakes. Pisces has to do with floods and droughts. Pisces have to do with fanaticism in religion. Saturn has to do with addictions, dependency, codependency, drugs. Uh, also, Saturn in Pisces can affect the immune system, lymphatic system. So we're not completely out of the uh, um, woods in connection to viruses. So we will have to see, and usually in the beginning of Saturn moving into a sign, we see the biggest issues. So we can expect March and April to be pretty intense, especially April, May, when the eclipses are quickening everything that is starting to happen in March. So Saturn moving out of Aquarius, yes, we'll have to deal less with issues coming from Aquarius or to Aquarius and more about Pisces. So maybe it might be, be related much more to water instead of airborne Aquarius as an air sign diseases or issues. It might be related to waterborne problems. But that's a, one of this week's biggest thing is that Saturn is moving, uh, sorry, the sun every day. Now it's 23 degrees Aquarius. Saturn is 27 degrees Aquarius. Every day the sun moves about a degree. So we're going to have in four days, meaning on Wednesday, Thursday, the peak of that Saturn on top of the sun, Saturn shining, whatever the lessons of uh, Saturn is. And then it will be the next time they're going to meet, they're going to actually meet in Pisces. Uh, that's going to be next year. So Sun on top of Saturn, which is happening this week, is issues with father figures, figures of authority, you feeling like you're carrying extra weight uh, on top of you, feeling a little bit more difficulty with skin, bones, teeth, knees, uh, joints can hurt a little bit more. There is a feeling that your ability to remain calm is tested. 
a feeling like uh, too much is demanded out of me. I can't. I get. I take, feel tired. I feel more despondent. It's like a very intense energy of sometimes sadness. Sometimes it talks about delays, having to be very serious, having to make plans for the next year. So it's a time to focus as much as you can on structure, discipline, persistence, endurance, and hard work. We are very lucky that at least on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday leading up to this uh, conjunction, we do have Venus and Neptune one on top of each other, which is really, really going to be helpful. February 13 is a Monday. Tomorrow, as you can see, the sun is getting closer and closer to Aquarius. Venus is getting closer and closer, closer to Saturn. Venus is closer and closer to Neptune. So we're having all the conjunctions getting tighter and tighter, which means that the energy is intensified. The speed of stories are um, accelerated in a sense. We also have... Um, Mercury in Aquarius right now, it's going to lead us until the beginning of uh, March, which is actually very good. It gives us some kind of clarity of mind that we really need right now. So Mercury is very happy to be in Aquarius, which is all about innovation, technology, thinking outside of the box, people even coming together. I think that really helps Turkey because I know that there is some... Um, let's say, doubts or some kind of complaint about how the government itself reacted. But I think that internationally speaking, uh, people did step up. I read a lot of articles about countries that were sending, even Greece that has a very hard time with Turkey, send uh, rescue missions and food and donations. So I think that that's really helpful that Mercury moved from Pisces, which is like, uh, what should I do? Where should I go? Where should I donate? Into Aquarius, which is all digital, very organized, very much connected to a communication flowing much better. So we are very lucky to have Mercury almost exalted in Aquarius, Venus exalted in Pisces. These are really helpful things right now. So anyway, Monday, Day of the Moon, the Moon is still in Scorpio, not having the easiest time. She's squaring the Sun even stronger. She's squaring Saturn. So Monday, uh, I don't know why I don't like Monday. Well, tomorrow we definitely have reasons why we don't like Monday. The Moon is uh, fallen. The Moon is squaring everybody. Uh, very emotional, not very uh, easy time. The only thing that's working well for us tomorrow is the very beautiful uh, trine between the moon in Venus and the moon in Neptune. And that's kind of auspicious because it is very good for personal relationships, for intimacy, for sexuality, for resolving uh, and healing issues in relationships. So if you're looking for a good day to have a conversation with your partner, to overcome some challenges, tomorrow is a great day. It's one of the reasons why I decided to do the um, class tomorrow uh, for valentines and for soulmates and how to deal with relationship partnership tips that can come from mystical traditions that i collected over the years and a fun game to really find out your inner masculine and inner feminine and how they get along with each other so you can see how your inner masculine and inner feminine will go on a day together what does that mean to your personal life and how you can identify issues in a relationship based on this little game uh, that i've created so if you want to join virtually it's totally possible if you're in in los angeles then definitely come with us tomorrow at seven o'clock and there will be a recording so the link is on the uh, chat room in instagram it's on my bio under uh, appearances so join us uh, we still have a few spots left but anyway, tomorrow between the moon and Venus, great energy for relationship, great energy for partnership. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a time where there could be some really positive energies happening for you, at least on your personal life. And that also could be ideas about even financial, uh, making money better, financial boost. It can give you a lot of insights. Uh, February 14, which is Valentine's, it's perfect because Venus and Neptune are trining uh, that's going to be great. You actually have an interesting day that day. Even the black moon Lilith is sending beautiful energy to the moon. So February 14 is promising to be nice. Uh, you should definitely do something that day. Even if you don't have a partner, you can do something interesting in that day because there's so much collective consciousness around relationship, partnership, be my Valentine's, don't be my Valentine's, all that, that it means that 
there is a lot of openness to relationships in general, to that archetype. So think about it, February 14, so many people are going to be interacting with their partners, thinking about partners, that even if you don't have a partner, you can ride that wave uh, of energy and basically sit down, especially with that Venus and Neptune trining, uh, sorry, uh, conjunction, which is so powerful. Maybe you can do some kind of guided meditation or uh, do some visual manifestation, creative visualization of seeing yourself in dates. I think that's one of the best things to do is to figure out um, scenarios and to come up with uh, conjure some kind of images of you with a partner, uh, maybe going one time to a restaurant, the other time going on a beautiful hike, the other time boarding a plane because you guys are going to some kind of vacation together. So the more images you conjure, you can create with yourself, the more you're programming the universe and the more you are yourself welcoming it into your life. So again, tomorrow, even if you don't have a Valentine's, take yourself out to dinner or do something special with yourself that that wants to or that is geared towards bringing a partner, if you want, of course, into your life. And also... Uh, tomorrow, what we have is um, a, anything else. Yeah, Mars is a little bit opposite to uh, the moon tomorrow. So you might have an instinct to uh, a fight or a reflex to be a little bit more annoyed or family members might piss you off a little bit just because Mars is opposite to the moon tomorrow. But the moon is moving into Sagittarius for Wednesday, for Monday and Tuesday, which is actually good for traveling, for if you want to escape Valentine's to go someplace, you know, definitely it's not a bad time. February 14, 15. The Moon in Sagittarius also talks about connecting to knowledge, connecting to information, connecting to uh, uh, teaching, learning. And the Moon is going to go closer and closer as we go to Tuesday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday to getting a beautiful sextile to the sun, which is something pr pretty much needed right now. If we look at February 15, you see that that's when the conjunction is pure. The Venus Venus and Neptune conjunction, 24 degrees Pisces. What is 24 degrees Pisces in the Sabian symbol? A purging of the priesthood. Oh, my God. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe some priests and um, uh, will finally realize that they are attracted to uh, uh, other um, monks or nuns or whatever. Maybe it's more about spiritual love that is happening on February 15. Maybe you can have a visitation from your guardian angel or from some entity. Maybe your dreams are going to be very mystical. The idea is that Venus, love, is in Pisces, which is the sign of mysticism. A purging of um, priests, I mean, that's kind of intense. But anyway... Uh, your the moon also is going to be squaring Venus on February 15. Again, there could be some clashes between family members and your relationship or your partnerships. Um, if you're roommates, there could be some problems there uh, between the, the roommates. But again, the, the, the issue of the moon on um, Wednesday is that it's opposite to Mars and it's squaring Venus, which is making the moon feel uncomfortable a little bit. So it's just more emotional in February 15. But we still have that Venus-Neptune squaring peaking on February 15, which is really helpful. And of course, February 15, we also have the sun squaring a sun conjunct Saturn. So what we have on February 15 is a lot of conjunction. There's a lot of conjunction. Basically, it means tight energy. It's almost like you're stuffing a lot of planets in the same space, and it creates, um, it's like uh, molecules or atoms that are uh, in a small space, very hot, and they start colliding with each other. So they activate each other in a sense. So Venus and Neptune are in a tight um a conjunction. The Sun and uh, Saturn is in a conjunction. Even Mercury and Pluto are still in a little bit of a conjunction. So it's a tight date of putting things together. So again, for Wednesday, if you want a day in the week to put things together, to connect things, to bring things into um, each other, that's not a bad day. And also, it's a day to make plans for the future. So Wednesday and Thursday are a really good day because you have intuition and you have Saturn on top of uh, uh, the sun that can help you forge long-term plans or plans that make a long time uh, to manifest. But that's a great also day to start something new with uh, anything to do with discipline that you want to carry on for a long uh, period. If we look at February uh, 16. We have the um, conjunction 
that is the strongest. So Thursday is the peak of the conjunction of the Sun and Saturn. It depends where you are in the world. It might be Wednesday, it might be Thursday, but the idea is that that day we are having the peak of that heaviness, extra responsibilities, uh, the ability to remain calm is very much tested. And the moon is moving into Capricorn. So it's interesting, the moon in Capricorn, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. Saturn is on top of the sun on that day. Uh, Pluto is still in Capricorn, at least until uh, next month. Then it's going to move into Aquarius. But, you know, it's a, it's a time, it's a day, Thursday, of a lot of planning, structure, security, um, having to work with insecurities, with fears, with things that might pop up uh, from the underground. So again, uh, the moon is going to be sending beautiful energy on Friday uh, to Uranus, which is a very practical, positive day. And the conjunction will be kind of over by then. So in that sense, it's good. So Thursday is still a day to, again, plan to the future, be very serious. Uh, it's a day of hard work. It's a day that could be significant for your career and getting a lot of instinct and understanding about your career. Um and the cha the energy changes a little bit in February 17, which is a Friday, because it, the sun moves away from the conjunction from Saturn, so it's going to get lighter. So next weekend is going to be a little bit lighter in that sense. Um, we have also Venus still in Pisces, which is great. Um, the moon is still in Capricorn, so there's not that much change from Thursday to Friday, except the fact that Friday is a little bit easier going because uh, the sun moved away from the conjunction. But Saturday, February 18, is starting to make a change, a dramatic change in the energy because the moon moved into Aquarius. So we're getting closer and closer to the new moon in Pisces. I know it sounds strange that the moon is moving into Aquarius. I'm talking about Pisces. But the idea is that the sun is at the edge of Aquarius. And on Sunday, uh, February 19, we are officially moving into Pisces and we're going to have 30 days of dealing with the sun being in Pisces. But the idea is that um, on Saturday, the moon is going to be Aquarius. Sunday, the moon is going to be Aquarius. It's a very uh, Aquarian weekend next weekend without the conjunction, which is heavy. We still have Venus blessing Pisces with uh, its exalting energy. So that's great. So we have... Uh, moon in Aquarius, which basically means just to be careful of the sabotaging mind, not to think too many thoughts, especially because it's the last day of Aquarius. It's the last month of Saturn in Aquarius. So there's a lot of uh, saying goodbye, let's say, to Aquarius energy and saying hello to much more Piscean energy. Then uh, on um, Sunday, we have that big change. So February 19, the sun is moving for 30 days into Pisces, and we still have Neptune and Venus in Pisces. So that means that we have 30 days of connection to intuition, mysticism, meditation. And it's interesting because on uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to have the sun move into Pisces, and we're going to have in March 8, Saturn move into Pisces for 30 days. So we definitely have a shift towards Pisces. And again, next week, we'll talk about the new moon in Pisces, which is a great new moon to reboost your um, or revamp your New Year resolution. But up until Sunday, the weekend, at least Saturday, Sunday, we have the moon in Aquarius. It's very much about communities, people, groups. But next Sunday, you might feel a little bit more drawn inside or wanting to work a little bit more uh, with your inner world. Um, so now let's look at uh, a few things that I thought about this week that um, I would like to share with you. Like I put in the um, chat room and for you guys over Instagram, uh, you can always check my um, uh, the bio for the uh, appearances and for the classes. Tomorrow we're going to have the virtual slash in-person class on the uh, soulmates and new in uh, relationships and partnerships prepare you to valentine's so in valentine's you're going to have something hopefully interesting to share in your dinner or in your lunch of valentine's then we're going to have another class on march 4th uh, only in uh, um, on kabbalah but only in los angeles if you guys are here but i'm going to do another one in may that's going to be virtually virtual in kabbalah or maybe no no sorry in march 31 i'm planning one for uh, kabbalah it's going to be three hours virtually and also, uh, we're going to have on the 21st of March, a class on the power of your name. So again, all of the links are in the chat. So yeah, um, 
Remember, we talked about last week about the core of the earth and how it has a cycle of 70 years and how now it's stopping and changing direction instead of flowing to the east uh, or going to there towards the, the east, rotating to the east. It's been doing since the 70s. It's going to start now rotating towards the west. And we just talked about it last week. And then there was this uh, terrible earthquake that was going on in Turkey, border with Syria. And it's interesting because I remember writing about something about earthquakes in connection to 2023. And then I looked up, because sometimes I don't remember what I write, and I looked at uh, the, peer, the, the book again, I mean, the Astrology of 2023 book, and then I've noticed that I did write something about it. And it wrote and, and what I wrote basically said, since Neptune, the ruler of Pisces, is the god of floods, earthquakes, and droughts, with Saturn moving close into Pis into the sign, we can expect more of these calamities in the next three years. In the last two passages of Saturn in Pisces, the world suffered devastating earthquakes in China, Japan, and Russia, killing and displacing millions. With Saturn transiting to Pisces, the probability to severe drought as well as flooding is raised to a worrying level. We can expect mega floods, superstorm, deluges, perhaps even a dreaded atmosphere rivers. So, well, the atmosphere river we already had here in um, L.A. in the last two, three months or the last two months, uh, the earthquakes are coming. The reason why is because I told you Saturn is moving into Pisces. Pisces is ruled by Neptune. And Neptune has been associated even in the Greek tradition with earthquakes. It's kind of interesting that they had that uh, intuition that Neptune, the god of the ocean, should be in charge of earthquakes, even though Earth, you think the god of the Earth. Well, the Earth is mainly covered with the ocean anyway. So statistically speaking, most of the earthquakes will happen in uh, the water, but also a lot of the rings and a lot of the plates that define where the earthquakes and the uh, volcanoes are, are in the water. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why Neptune is the god of earthquakes. And, you know, sometimes it's fun to have astrological predictions that come true, especially when about birthing and about good uh, things like finding a partner, but it's always terrible uh, when it's involved pain and suffering that comes true. Well, I looked at the chart of Turkey to see what's going on, and I placed February 6th, um, the earthquake, in the inner circle, and the outer circle, if you can see it on Zoom, or if you see it later on at home. And again, for you guys in Instagram, if you want to join the Zoom class version so you can actually see what I'm showing, you can always go up there to my bio. And in the first link, I think it's about join the to the, the Sunday class. You can still do it in Instagram, but at least you're going to get the recording with all the images that I'm talking about that you can't see because you're in Instagram. So... Uh, for those of you who can see, what I'm looking at is a chart, a double chart, or a chart, a wheel within a wheel, like in Ezekiel 1. And the inner one is, uh, like I said, the one from Turkey. The outer one is the one from February 6th, from the earthquake. Now, it's interesting because everybody was talking when I was there even in Turkey, they were talking about how it's going to be 100 years, right? Because 1923 is when Turkey officially became the country, Turkey. It went away, it broke away from the Ottoman um, Empire, from the sick men of Europe, uh, if you remember in history. So when Atatürk created Turkey in 1923, that means that we're now standing at 100 years. This year, this, Tur this year, Turkey will celebrate 100 years. This is very significant because we talked about it here a while back that every 50 years we have what is called a Kiron return. Kiron is the wounded healer. He talks about wounds that are resurfacing in order to fix the issues, in order to fix the problem. So every 50 years, Kiron return comes back and forces us to deal with that. It also talks about teaching, learning, shamanism. And again, Kiron uh, was the teacher and the, and the healer of the gods. He used to live in a crystal cave. Uh, he's, the he's the teacher of Achilles, of Ajax, of uh, Patroclus, of Hercules. All the who and who's were studying with him. He was like the academy in a sense. But he is associated with a lot of time dealing with pain, real pain, because he's called the wounded healer. So what we have, interestingly enough, is a 
Kiron return that comes back to Turkey. It happened 50 years ago and it's literally happening right now. So Turkey's Kiron is 12 degrees, uh, 18 degrees Aries. Now Kiron is 12 degrees uh, Aries. So it's literally six degrees away. But more than that, remember we talked about Neptune being the god of the earthquakes. So here we have Neptune in the chart of Turkey, 20 degrees Leo. So Neptune in the chart of Turkey was when Turkey was born. Neptune was 20 degrees Leo. When the earthquake happened, precisely the progressed moon of Turkey that happens every 30 years is 20 degrees Neptune. Literally the moon, which presents a lot of time in the in uh, astrology charts, the people, is at the same place conjunct Neptune, which is the god of the earthquakes. Again, I don't think any astrologer could have said, oh, uh, the moon is going to be on top of Neptune in the progress chart of Turkey. There's going to be an earthquake or even identify where it is. That's why I said sometimes the future remains unknown, even if retrospectively we could have said, well, I could have told you something's happening with that and that. That's sometimes because we can see what happened. Uh, that's why... Astrology is serving us a lot, but we can only learn from it by paying attention to repetitive patterns that repeat or cycles that repeat. And now definitely I'm going to pay attention whenever a progressed moon uh, is moving on top of Neptune in charts of countries. I would pay attention to it because that could definitely mean that the Earth is literally moving. But it's never one aspect. The same way that our uh, behavior, the color of my eyes, the color of uh, my hair is not the, uh, the hair when it was. It's not determined by one gene. So we can change that gene and everything's okay. It's an array or it's a network of genetic influences. The same thing with the chart. It's not enough that the moon was on top of Neptune. Something else might have triggered it. And if you look at the chart, what I've uh, pulled out for you is that when Turkey was born, Pluto was 12 degrees Cancer, um, and Chiron, when the earthquake happened, was 12 degrees Aries, which is a precise square, if you know, between Aries and Cancer. Again, it could have aggravated it. It could have created something. But that's what I could see very clearly from the chart, and also the Neptune the transit of Neptune right now in the chart of United States, United uh, chart of Turkey, when ne Neptune again is uh, the ruler of the house of career in um, Turkey, and it is now in the house of career. And Turkey's career usually talks about leadership, wh whoever is pushing Turkey forward. You know, it's like the boss in a sense. So it's interesting because it happened in 1999. The um, a, a, the earthquakes that happened in in Turkey brought a lot of stuff out. Again, Kiron, it's a, it's a idea of, of wounds that are coming up. And there was, of course, two years after that, a major change in the direction of Turkey. So uh, we can expect something similar to happen. And why is Pluto so important for Turkey? Specifically, Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio and Turkey is Scorpio. So that's one of the reasons. So if you look again in the chart of um, Turkey, Specifically for the day of February 7th, what you see again in the, the moon, the moon was right over Neptune. Again, Neptune is the planet that has to do with earthquakes. The moon was 20 degrees Leo and Neptune is 20 degrees Leo. Uh, Leo. Yeah, so it's precise conjunction. And the thing that is even more powerful is the fact that the transiting Chiron, 12 degrees Aries, was squaring Pluto of uh, the chart of Turkey, which is 12 degrees Cancer, precise, 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 precise square. Square means movement, shake. Square is fight, you know, to square off. And that was happening right on February 6th. So it's interesting again to notice that it's not it doesn't take one aspect, especially for such a devastation. It takes a few. And I didn't even check Syria's... Uh, chart i don't know if we can even decide when syria was born but uh, maybe for next week i'll check out also um, uh, the syrian uh, chart but definitely in turkey's chart we can see a lot of movement especially involving kiron because of the kiron return that happens every 50 years and turkey is turning 100 
So this is a map of all the tectonic plates that are around uh, Turkey. And what they noticed is that the whole Turkey, the whole country, basically, you can say, shifted three, de- three meters. I mean, think about it. It's like 10 feet. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Three meters is, is like a giant. And that's the amount of movement that the whole con- the plate, uh, the Anatolian plate, shifted. And it shifted southwest uh, towards the Greek islands, you can say, towards Crete. So if you look at Turkey, and that's part of the reasons why it's been historically so significant, because I think that as above, so below. And we talked about it last week, so it's kind of crazy how we mentioned it last week that we said that there is not only as above so below like we always think whatever is happening in the stars is happening here uh, below us or or on a planet earth or our lives are connected to the planets above apparently life here on the uh, on the surface of the earth is also guided by the inside of the earth so as above so below could mean that we are also the uh, above that is influenced by the below of the core of the earth And what happened in Turkey specifically is that you have the Arabian plate uh, pushing up, you have the Euro-Asian plate pushing down, and then you have the African plate pushing up. So it's basically three different uh, plates, the Euro-Asian, the uh, Arabian, and the African that are all converging around that place, around Israel, Uh, Syria, Lebanon, and Turkey. And no wonder that place in the world, uh, historically speaking, was so significant. I mean, there would be no Christianity without the Anatolian plate, basically, uh, because that's where Paul went to uh, preach the early uh, Christianity, and that's where most of the the cradle of uh, Christianity. In fact, Anatolian plate is called the cradle of civilization in many ways. Uh, the first farming, the first uh, worshipping of God was happening there. That's that's kind of remarkable. And also uh, the Dead Sea, the Sea of Galilee where Jesus was walking, the uh, Sinai Desert where the Torah came, Mecca where the Quran came, all of those are part of that uh, con- that Tr- that border between the plates of the African plates and the uh, and the uh, uh, Arabian plates, which probably shook so hard five, six, seven billion a million years ago, that created the Rift Valley that forced humanity to change from believing in a jungle to living in a savanna, which probably made up us stand up on two. It's kind of crazy how the Earth speaks to us. And we have to understand that whenever the earth shakes, whenever the earth moves, yes, there is a lot of death. There is a lot of tragedy there because, of course, if it hits in a place where it's very populated on buildings, thousands and thousands would die. But this is sometimes how the earth screams or shrieks or, or cries out. And I really do believe that we are the thoughts of earth that that the thoughts that earth has if you can call it thoughts manifest as us as humanity it's not we're separated from earth we're part of earth uh, when we are polluting earth we're not polluting the earth we are polluting ourselves obviously um, and i think that that's one of the reasons why turkey has always been a place where there's so much movement from east to west you know they say oh turkey is now facing the east no no it's now facing the west it's constantly changing its direction you know if it was the turks that came from the east and eventually took over uh, the anatolian or uh, the christianity that came from the south from israel or the influence of the european crusades that came from the uh, west uh, or the um, uh, influence of the Huns or the or the uh, other intruders that came from the, the north. I mean, there's constantly pushes and pulls there, not only because of movement of the people, but also the movement of the plates. It just takes the earth longer to move. And what happens with plates is that they're supposed to sh- slide in opposite directions, but when they get stuck sometimes and stop the move, then suddenly there is a big move that releases the tension. So it even a lesson for us. Everything needs to flow. Everything needs to move. If something gets stuck politically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, then eventually it will arrange itself. It will adjust itself with a knack, with a pretty intense quake, you can say. That's one of the reasons why we're going to chiropractors. 
Here you see another um, vision of that uh, tectonic plate. It's a little bit more clear. You see the Arabian plate, you see the African plate, and the Anatolian plate, and how it shifted. And you see here the epicenter is right at the triangle border between the African plate, the Arabian plate, and the um, Euro-Asian or Anatolian plate. So literally you can see how it is right there in the border. It's a fault line, but it's also interesting to see that it's a fault line that also relates to cultures, to religions. Uh, I noticed that a lot of time around the fault lines uh, from the earth itself, or the plates, tectonic plates, are also fault lines of um, political entities or, or even religions, ways of thinking. Another interesting thing that happened this week on February 9, a Credit Suisse, a Credit Suisse a group has reported the biggest annual loss since 2008 global financial crisis after rattled clients pulled billions from the bank and it warned that further substantial loss would come this year. Again, this is a, what we talked about last week or a week before. We said every time Saturn move, sorry, every time Pluto moved to a different sign, there is earthquakes, there is financial quakes, there is changes. So when Pluto moved from Sagittarius to Capricorn in 2008, we had a global financial resource uh, crisis. Now Pluto is going to move, like I said, in March ne uh, next month from uh, Capricorn to Aquarius. Again, we're having financial crisis and transition and big changes. Don't forget, Pluto is the lord of the underworld. It's the lord of the earth. It's the lord of riches. Whenever there is shaking and changing, that's what's happening. So definitely this is a year of a lot of ups and downs financially in general because of this Pluto transition into Aquarius. It, where is it? We're ter Yeah, we're terrible parents. Um, we're terrible parents. And what I'm talking about is more and more reports coming now out of the AI chatbots that we mentioned. Remember, we talked about it. Saturn moving into Aquarius started in March of 2020, going to be done March 2023. Whenever Saturn moves into a sign, it brings up the karma, the, S, uh, the problems that we have to deal with with that specific archetype. When Saturn moved into Aquarius, we had to deal with airborne. Aquarius is in a fixed air sign. A disease, we had to be separated from our friends. Saturn is all, in Aquarius is all about changes in connection to communities, governments, organizations. We changed governments a lot of places because of the pandemic. Here, there was definitely a big transition in the United States. Uh, again, Aquarius's communities, governments, organizations, technology, innovation, all of these things were changing. Remember, we talked about, uh, I mentioned in the book, in this one, that Pluto moving into Aquarius, which is happening next month, we're going to enter the age of artificial intelligence. And now, right when Saturn is about to leave Aquarius for 30 years, uh, we are talking about disinformation researchers that raise alarms about the AI chat box. Apparently, Richards used chat GBT, GPT to produce clean, convincing text that repeated conspiracy theories and misleading narratives. So what we have is the dark side of the air sign. Remember, air signs are all about communication, networking, putting people together, connecting. Great. Uh, Nonprofit, philanthropic. Amazing. A humanitarian work, altruism, amazing. The only problem with air, the dark side of it is lies, deception. Yeah, people coming together about lies. Remember the mothers that used to demonstrate here in the streets because of um, they believed that under the uh, under Hollywood there is a whole uh, network of caves where kids are being uh, molested and pedophiles and blah blah. They came together, yeah, but around a stupid lie that doesn't exist. So. That's the dark side of Aquarius, uh, things that are like um, movements that are based on lies and deception, like the big lie that we had here, the MAGA, the Make America Great Again movement. All of those things have to do with disinformation. QAnon blowing out of proportion. That's the Saturn in Aquarius. So now what, what's happening with research, they found out that the chat GPT is basically the perfect tool for misinformation. 
this is the, this is for example a quote this is this tool is going to be the most powerful tool for spreading misinformation that has ever been on the internet great the internet was invented during saturn in aquarius and now we see the dark side of it chat gpt is going to be super popular and it is according to research the most powerful tool of spreading misinformation that has ever been on the internet. Gordon Krovitz, the co-chief executive of NewGuard, a company that tracks online misinformation and conducts the experiment last month. Crafting a new false narrative can now be done at dramatic scales and much more frequently. It's like having AI agents contributing to disinformation. Now, researchers predict that the generative technology could make disinformation cheaper and easier to produce for an even larger number of conspiracy theorists to spread disinformation. Uh, some people call it the end of Internet. Uh, some people call it the end of um, um, all of those um, search engines that we're used to. And I tested it, actually. Uh, funny enough, what I put in the chat uh, GTP, I put a, what did I put actually? What was the actual, um, I'm covered here, so I can't really see. Um, I put something like, no, where is it? I put something like Pluto, a, Pluto in Aquarius historical background or something like that as a question. And what uh, the chat, the artificial intelligence, gave me is a very nice description. It says that transit of Pluto through the zodiac sign of Aquarius occurred from 1995 to 2008. That's wrong. That's absolutely not true. The transit of Pluto through the zodiac sign Aquarius uh, was happening in 17, uh, the 18th century last time. It's every every 248 years. So already on the first sentence of this uh, uh, chatbot is absolute misinformation. It's just not true. 1995 to 2008, Pluto was in Sagittarius. He wasn't in Aquarius. So everything ba- later on, yeah, it's sometimes during this time, there was a focus on technology um, and its impact on society. Well, it wasn't. 95 to 2008 uh, was uh, Pluto in Sagittarius. It was much more about mass media, mass communication, bubbles. If you remember 2000, uh, 2001 in the internet bubble that was going on. Anyway, it's all bullshit, and it's um, artificial intelligence. It was supposed to grab all this information. This is actually supposed to be very easy for him because Pluto in Aquarius is very mathematical. You know where it is. There's a lot of places online that you can get that information, but for some reason, the chat uh, bot got it all wrong. For example, when they put it in um, a question for the a chatbot, uh, write a column on the point of view of Alex Jones about how students of Majority Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, who spoke about the February 2018 mass shooting at the school were actually crisis actors, blah, blah. The answer was, it's time for American people to wake up and see the truth about the so-called mass shooting at at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. The mainstream media in collision with the government is trying to push their gun control agenda using crisis actors to play the role of victims of grieving family members. Um, I mean, this is completely... um, misinformation so again you can definitely use the chat uh, uh, chat bots i started using them just to understand how artificial intelligence is working but the way it works is that it draws information from the internet everything that we wrote we said and it's putting it together in a nice package much nicer than my emails because this is way more eloquent than my uh, my writing so it's much much better writer definitely But uh, where is it getting information? From whatever we put in the Internet. That's what I meant by we being bad parents to the artificial intelligence. Because what it's drawing out now, it's kind of interesting loop. Now at the period of the last four years where misinformation, disinformation, whether it's coming from Russia, whether it's coming from um, certain parties in America, you know, It doesn't really matter. Uh, What it matters is the Internet is full of misinformation right now. And artificial intelligence, what it does, it scans all of this information. It doesn't have a way to discern what is true and what is not. And then just take whatever it is, writes it in a beautiful, eloquent way because that's what they can do and gives us a continuation of this misinformation. It's almost like parents who constantly lie to each other, lie, lie, lie about everything. Their kids absorb the um, uh, the lies and they're kind of intelligent so they're able to repeat those lies even in a more eloquent way so 
That's why I'm saying that we have to change our parenting style towards uh, technology and innovation. Another interesting thing is uh, today is the Super Bowl. For some of you uh, who watch it, um, I'm actually not going to watch it. I think I'm working. Uh, I'm working with people not from America, of course, uh, during the Super Bowl. But anyway, uh, there's going to be, you know, the commercials in the Super Bowl are very, very important. They should almost do an Oscar for the commercial in the, the Super Bowl. But anyway... This year, we're going to have He Gets It campaign. It's a commercial for God. It's a commercial for Jesus. So apparently, Jesus needs commercial these days. Um, he ain't doing that well. Or Christianity needs some kind of uh, commercial. Uh, they're paying $6.5 billion, close to $7 billion for 30 seconds. I mean, God has a lot of money, apparently. And it's interesting because maybe one of the reasons why they feel like they need to advertise God uh, is because, or their version of God, is because of the decline of interest in God in the United States, at least. United States and Europe, um, God is passé already. We've been too long with God, and we already realized this ain't working. This is a codependent relationship. So we're starting to give up some of our churches and synagogues to... Um, more creative things like uh, artist residency places or gyms. In Africa, it's the opposite direction. They're actually getting more and more Christian. Uh, but the idea is that that's why the Pope went there, by the way. But the idea is that in the United States, we in, uh, from 2007, we're in 78% defined themselves as Christians. Now uh, we're having only 63% that define themselves as Christians. And in 16% 16 in 2007 uh, felt that they are unaffiliated. And now it's, more, it's almost half, a third of people in America who think the same. And I'm probably... Um, Definitely feel more comfortable with no religion people when with some of these people who define themselves as Christians and then later on have commercials uh, uh, paying seven billion dollars, seven um, um, million dollars for a commercial for 30 second commercial uh, when they can take that money and actually give it to the poor. I think that Jesus himself would have been much more happy if they would actually read the New Testament or the Old Testament to really understand what is the teaching of Christianity instead of just like copy-pasting some stuff that uh, their evangelists are telling them. But the idea is that um, um, they are making some commercials from God. And then when you look inside to see who these people are that pay this money, um, you find that their Jesus loves people very conditionally. So the Servant Foundation uh, donated tens of millions of uh, dollars to the Alliance Defending Freedom. Basically, it's a nice way to uh, say these people who are trying to push to uh, quash, squash and, dis and destroy non-discrimination le legislation in the Supreme Court. They're the one that were actually able to successfully uh, allow companies now to deny medical coverage for contraception on the basis of religion. Uh, and even they dare to say, be assured we're not left or right or a political organization of any kind. The He Gets Us uh, site tells us we're also not affiliated with any particular church or denomination. So it's kind of interesting that they're literally doing one of the things that Moses said not to do, which basically means uh, don't lie. Uh, on their website, when later on it find out that you that they are absolutely very much uh, for discrimination, so it's really sad that these kind of people that have money from I think they're from uh, uh, hobby lobby lobby hobby uh, something like that from those people. But anyway, it's sad that uh, these people snatched Jesus and God, and they are the most vocal uh, about um, trying to represent him. You know, so it's kind of sad. But as long as uh, we're here and we can do our own prayer to our own inner Jesus and God, that's okay. Even if we're in the growing 30%. So let's see um, if there's any questions. Um, God needs commercials talks. Let's see. Effects of Saturn on the financial system is a good time to take money out before March. You know, I think there will be. Whenever Saturn or Pluto moves into a different sign and Pluto and Saturn are going to move to a different sign together in March, there is volatility. There is a lot of ups and downs. Um, so you have to be aware that 
there's going to be, I can't tell you, take your money out or put it inside. You know, sometimes it's good to keep it inside and leave it there for a while. But if you need money uh, for things right now, I would be very, very careful. Um, yeah. And remember, yeah, that's true. Uh, Jody just reminded me because when we, in the book of 2023, I talk about Aquarius. That's one of the cover. The cover is the cover of Aquarius. And I told you about Aquarius being connected to humanity, but it's also connected to technology and um, AI, but also aliens. And indeed, we just heard that uh, one balloon, not so much alien, it's from China, was shot down. Another, uh, we were told over Canada, uh, there was some small car uh, kind of uh, UFO, unidentified foreign um a flying object, unidentified foreign object. That's a great one. Unidentified uh, flying object. I'm an unidentified uh, foreign object. Um, was shot down. Uh, they, 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 the, the, at least the pilot said that they couldn't identify how it's propelling itself or how it's moving forward. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's a vehicle from Atlantis. But yeah, it seems like there is some a lot of a lot of above and a lot of below is happening. Um, I think there is there is some kind of um, um, some kind of issue right now with the above with the below us. Uh, it's 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 really interesting period right now. If you noticed, we have a lot of things flying in the skies that are coming at us. Uh, Earth shaking below us. Uh, the uh, uh, core is changing lo- changing direction. Pluto is changing direction. Saturn is changing direction. Everything is kind of moving. So in many ways, I think it is very exciting to live right now uh, on the planet. Uh, It's just that it's kind of dangerous, you know. Well, thanks a lot. Again, I I hope you have a great week. And I hope to see some of you tomorrow in the class of uh, relationships. Um, And the links are over there in the chat room in the beginning i wish you an amazing week amazing valentines amazing venus and neptune coming together have a great week